And welcome to a, another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, them sit at the crossroads of faith and pop culture discussing the issues. And Dan, one of the biggest pop culture events, and I say pop culture because it's really gone beyond the world of sports and into the realm of just about anybody, and that is the Super Bowl. And part of the reason why it's reached into the pop culture theme this year is also because you had the whole Taylor Swift involvement because she's dating one of the players. And so that brought a lot of non-sports people into uh, watching the game. And so you really did have a broad base of people watching the Super Bowl that always extends beyond just the sports fanatics that might usually just watch from week to week. Now, with that broader perspective of viewer, there was also an interesting advertisement that caught the eyes of a lot of people. It was from the website, hegetsus.com, and it was, uh, I guess, just a pictorial with some music behind it of some slides of people washing the feet of other people, and the pictures then would depict certain scenarios. For example, one was outside of a plan, uh, I guess it was a family planning clinic, possibly referring to Planned Parenthood, but a family planning clinic, to be fair. And somebody's washing the feet of one of the ladies who is supposedly, I guess, with child. Another scene shows somebody washing the feet during a Black Lives Matter or some sort of rally related to that. And so these different pictures would depict different things going on in society that is considered divisive but yet it's supposed to be demonstrating God's love and how God loves everybody. And so I know you've seen it. Um, I would play, but because we are an audio version of a podcast, there's no video. I mean, there's no audio to back the video except a, uh, a um, sound clip of music playing. So if you don't know what we're talking about, I would recommend that you go and you look up Super Bowl ad, He Gets Us, and view the commercial, and you'll have a better understanding of what we're talking about. And so, Dan, I thought maybe we could start off there, get your thoughts on what you saw, what you experienced, what your thoughts were regarding this ad, and then we can kind of carry the conversation from there. Yeah, Son, I I think uh, like so many people, it it just, uh, it raised um, a number of thoughts in my mind, you know, on, on the positive side of things. Uh, you know, I certainly was hopeful that there would be people who are a long way from the Lord and who might watch that and get a sense that, that Jesus is approachable, um, that, um, that Jesus is someone who cares and, 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 and loves us. He, he gets us, as the ad says. Um, so, you know, on a very just kind of basic level, um, I, I, I can see where there could have, you know, there could be people, hopefully, prayerfully, who would turn to the Lord um, with the realization that, hey, even though I'm a sinner, um, I, can, I can be forgiven. Um, Christ, uh, he loves me. Now, you know, the, the other side of the coin to it, Son, and, and this is where uh, there was quite a bit of reaction from from Christians that were not thrilled with with the ad from the standpoint that some people thought um, that uh, the images that they were putting forth 
were trying to convey almost more of a, 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 a political message. I mean, some people took it as though, are, are they you know, kind of reinforcing that false narrative that some people have that, you know, that, that a lot of Christians, you know, hate people who are in certain groups, you know, or, or certain outcasts or whatever. Now, I, I didn't get that myself. I wasn't picking that up, but I can definitely see where um, some people, based on the images that they use, um, might have felt like it was almost a, a political statement um, as much as anything. But but more significantly, even in that song, I, I would say the, uh, the the criticism, if you will, that I read um, had to do more with the fact that you know, if you're going to, you know, spend that much money as maybe what, $7 million I heard or whatever it was, um, that it would have been very good if, if somehow the gospel had been, um, conveyed that, um, not only does Jesus get us, but he loves us so much that he, he, he died for us. And as was beautifully shown on uh, an alternative ad that a pastor in the UK put together that I think we'll be talking about today. Um, you know, his alternative to the, he gets us ad shows people, um, who were, you know, deep into different issues, but who were changed after coming to Christ. And, 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 and so, um, I would encourage anyone to, to go online and, and, and watch that alternative ad, um, Frankly, son, I don't know that the network would even um, allow that on their TV. Not because there's anything inappropriate, but in their minds, you know, when it when it has people that are being shown who are like, you know, a former drug addict, former porn star, former transgender, former you know lesbian activist, uh, former witch, um, former abortionist, you know, there there are some things in there that the world gets very uncomfortable um, advertising. That you, you know, there are people who've left uh, transgenderism and left uh, LGBTQ and left, uh, you know, an adulterous or lifestyle or whatever in case might be a, you know, drug addiction. Now, one guy who's a former gang leader. So, you know, and again, I'm talking about an alternative ad that, you know, was not obviously on during the Super Bowl, but I think that really addressed some things on that the, that he gets us ad didn't even really come close to addressing. Um, and, and I think that's kind of at the crux of the matter. Um, you know, when we talk about Jesus, yes, the Bible says the Son of Man came uh, not to be served, but to serve. So they showed, you know, the washing of feet. But if you go on with that verse, um, it says he came to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So I, I really wish, Son, that he gets us ad, you know, like, for example, in the background, if they'd have had like three crosses, let's say. And with each image, the crosses would maybe get closer, kind of signaling that Jesus, everything Jesus was doing was leading up to the cross where he would be sacrificed for our sins. So, so the gospel message was not, um, in, in terms of just the, the, the clear message of salvation through Christ and the cross, that certainly wasn't um, really um, in, the, in the ad. Now, many would say, well, but, but they were living out the faith by serving others. Well, that's true. But, but if somebody doesn't know the Lord, um, you know, uh, I mean, I can see where hopefully it would maybe lead some people to want to investigate Jesus and Christianity further. But, um, you know, so there again, I mean, I, I've talked to people, Son, who, and Christians who, um, who, who kind of felt like it was, you know, pretty good that he gets at that. And then others who, 
um, you know, didn't really care for it. Um, so anyway, those are just a few of my, I guess, initial reflections and thoughts on it. So here's something, something that always concerns me. Okay. For example, we see these depictions of these different scenarios of in the ad. Okay. So there's one where there's a priest at the beach washing the feet of somebody who apparently is gay from what I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. There's another one where there's, um, like you said, the family planning. Okay. Maybe mm-hmm. it's referring to, um, you know, a young gal maybe going in and, and terminating a pregnancy. Okay. So there's, there's these things, these lifestyles mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever. Um, right. Let me pause for a second. Let me go someplace else. Not too long ago, Amy Grant came out. She's that Christian singer and said that she was going to allow for an LGBT wedding to take place on her property. It was her niece right. or something like that. And so she was in support of it. Okay. Again, kind of echoing the same sentiment that Jesus loves everybody. But here's the thing. Okay. And there's other people, other evangelicals that are, um, out there promoting, you know, we need to love everybody. We need to love these group of people, that group of people. God loves everybody. Jesus loves everybody. And when they do, they look back at Jesus on earth. Okay. What would Jesus do? But here's the Mm -hmm. thing. What will Jesus do when he comes again? And that Mm -hmm. paints a completely different story and a completely different picture because if these, if this gal at the family uh, planning clinic, if she doesn't repent of her sins, like you alluded to, Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, God's not going to be very loving to her because she chose to reject him. If the gay Mm -hmm. guy at the beach whose priest is washing the feet, if he doesn't repent, then God's not going to be very loving to him because he rejected God and punishment is going to be hell. If I Mm -hmm. continue in my lifestyle and I reject God, Jesus, when he comes again, is going to judge me for rejecting him, rejecting you. You You could be judged for rejecting. Mm -hmm. We all can be judged. And that's the point that they miss. It's almost like they're saying, okay, God loves you and you're okay with what you're doing. And so, therefore, these people continue in a false state of belief that what I'm doing is okay. And then they don't realize that when they get to heaven and God judges them for them, you know, they might turn and say, well, Amy Grant said it was okay to be LGBT or this ad on the Super Bowl said right. it was okay for me to do this or this pastor right. who's approving of my behavior said it was okay right. because Jesus loves me. And yet no one told these people that, okay, Jesus does love you and he died mm-hmm. on the cross for you and he wants everybody to come to his saving grace. However, if you mm-hmm. do not, there is going to be an extremely horrible consequence for your rejection of yeah. Jesus. And that's what yeah. they're missing. And unfortunately, I think too many people in today's day and age like miss that. They just look and say, oh, they say I can do this, so I'm just going to live my lifestyle, no big deal. Oh, they accept me in the church for being LGBT, so I'm just going to live my lifestyle. But they don't go on to say that if you do not repent of your sins, if you do not yeah. accept Christ, Christ right. might still love you, but he is going to judge you, and it's not going to be a yeah. very good judgment at the end of the day. You know, Son, I think you're putting your finger right on the main issue. And, and this is something that, as you say, it is essential for people to understand that anyone can come to Christ, but that doesn't mean you can come to Christ on your own terms. You can only come on his terms. 
Um, for example, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And if you put that in the context of everything that our Savior taught and the Bible teaches, um, it, it really is, is meaning, among other things, that you're weary and burdened over your sin. You are willing to turn from your sin. You're willing to let God uh, call out those things in your life that are sinful, even if the world applauds them, even if you have a strong desire to commit them, um, to surrender to the Lord as you repent um, means that, that, you know, God, um, it's your call. It's not mine. What does your word say? And I think of Jesus' first sermon, and you used the word several times there, son, that is crucial. You used the word repent. Well, Jesus' first sermon in Mark 1.15 was repent and believe the good news. So those were his terms. Um, He gets us ad, as you rightly point out, could leave someone with the impression that whatever your lifestyle, whatever your choices, whatever your uh, preferences, um, Jesus gets us. So um, it's all about love. There's no judgment here. There's no um, condemnation, which there isn't for those who repent and believe. But as you pointed out, Son, um, repentance is crucial. You know, I wrote an article a number of years ago, and the title was something like, you know, unconditional love is is not the same thing as unconditional acceptance. So Jesus had love for the woman caught in adultery. And the Pharisees wanted to stone her. Um, Jesus offered her mercy. But it's very interesting then, after he told her, Um, that he did not condemn her. Uh, He said, go now and leave your life of sin. So that that ad that the pastor in the UK put together, that ad contains people who, by God's grace, left being an abortionist, a, a, a witch, a gang leader, a drug addict, a lesbian activist, et cetera, et cetera, a, uh, you know, transgender, a uh, drag uh, queen and prostitute. Okay. So they left, they used to do that. And as the ad then ends there, it, it uses that line from first Corinthians and such uh, as some of you were. So, um, those are labels that some Christians used to be engaged in, but then by God's grace, they repented. It doesn't mean they were never tempted maybe in those areas again, but that's not their lifestyle. That's not what they're aiming at. That's not their direction. And they're certainly not celebrating. Even if, even if some of them might still have some, um, some temptations in some of those areas, they know that that's not an option for them as a Christian, uh, at least not if they want to um, walk with the Lord and be on the Lord's team. Be, be, because you can't have your foot in both camps and deliberately pursue sin while claiming that you know, Christ forgives you. So that's one of the marks of, of, of a, a person who is saved, who's been converted, is, is that you, you, you want to live for the Lord. Or as Paul points out in 2 Corinthians, he uses terms uh, for those who were sorry for their sin, like alarm, um, indignation, um, you know, concern. Um, you, know, we're, you know, when you are convicted of your sin, you bring it to the Lord and you don't make excuses for it. Um, now, what we see in the world, son, and even in some churches, sadly, it's unbelievable. 
that you have liberal churches that have chosen to celebrate homosexual behavior and transgenderism. Um, it's unthinkable. Uh, it would have been unthinkable to the Apostle Paul. It is, it is, it is, it's no different than if they were celebrating adultery, uh, or fornication or stealing. You know, I, I don't know why, um, well, I guess I do know. I mean, you know, it, it's the system of the world and people are being, um, are being duped by it. Um, I, I will also say though, son, if you look at what these leaders in liberal churches many times, what they believe and teach, it goes deeper even than that, as as uh, dangerous and you know just uh, unbiblical as it is to promote, let's say, um, gay relationships or sexual relationships, uh, transgenderism. It goes deeper because many of those religious leaders they they don't believe Jesus's words when he said he's the only way to heaven. Um, they they many of them seem to believe that there are various religious paths to get to the Lord. I mean, so, so what I'm saying is um, they are very deceived on many, many biblical issues, not just the LGBTQ agenda and transgenderism, uh, but, but you, believe it or not, son, you've had some liberal professors in, in, in some seminaries that deny the, the bodily resurrection of Jesus. Now, you say, how can that possibly be? Um, you know, then, then that seminary must only be Christian in name. Well, that's right. You know, it's Christian in name. That's got nothing to do with Christianity. Um, that's what, you know, many atheists and unbelievers and, and others in the world, you know, believe. That Jesus did not rise from the dead. But Christianity clearly, as we'll celebrate here in maybe a little over five weeks on Easter, Jesus clearly rose from the dead and was seen by hundreds of his followers after his resurrection. Uh, you know, these are, you know, very clear biblical truths and these truths are ones that Christians hold to. And when you start getting away from the Bible, um, that's when you get into these liberal, unbiblical ideas where you deny basic, you know, Bible doctrine. And you, you, you start to kind of like, you know, just move repentance out of the picture and just talk. It's all about love. You know, God is love, which he is. But, but the message that they'll then uh, convey is not only unconditional love, but unconditional acceptance. You, you come to God on your terms. He gets you. He'll, he'll work around whatever you want to do because, after all, you know, it's mainly what you want. And, and he's kind of there to support that and help you feel good about your religion a little bit or something, whatever their agenda is. Uh, but they, it just doesn't work that way. He is the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And he will come in and be someone's Lord and Savior, but but if, if somebody wants Jesus to play second fiddle and uh, to their own uh, preferred sin, their own preferred lifestyle that is not God's will, then no, it won't happen. You won't get born again. You won't be saved, justified, redeemed, or forgiven. You you, you know, and, and as you pointed out, son, um, you'll get to the end of your life and you'll find out that it's going to end badly uh, be, be because you, you you never came to the Lord in repentance and faith. You know, Dan, there's this... Been, there's been this appeal over the years, and I think it goes back to even, uh, you know, Willow Creek Church when they tried to do this full cycle evangelism, you know, seeker sensitive, let's not be offensive to the non-believer and all this, to kind of downgrade the Bible, downgrade the gospel message, you know, because they felt that 
We don't want to offend other people and invite them in. So we have these he gets us ads rolling along, you know, that we've been discussing. But there's this other trend now that's going on social media. And basically what it is, it's these Bible verses or these Bible stories. Um, I guess it's an actual printable Bible that might be out there now even. But it's called the Gen Z Bible. And it's translating the Bible into Internet slang for young people. And apparently it's becoming all the the rage. And now there's, again, another debate. Is this cheapening theology? Is it cheapening faith? Or is it reaching out to the masses? And is it appealing to a new sense of a believer or a potential, you know, a new new uh, crop of sh- sheep, I guess? You know, mm-hmm. um, at one point we had the, the message, that Bible. Um, and so there's always been something, someone trying to make the Bible and the gospel message hip and cool to the next generation without offending them. So I want to play something for you. It's the story of Adam and Eve, and this is from the uh, Gen Z Bible, and this is how it goes. God made Adam and Eve, same species, different font, and literally gave them the whole world, but said, don't take from the tree of W's and L's, for then you will have W's, but also L's. While they were living their best life, the op of ops pulled up and slid into Eve's DMs with that sneaky riz. And Eve let him cook. He said, why won't the top G let you take any W's? She said, that's not lore accurate. But the snake said, baby girl, he's gatekeeping all the W's. Me personally, I would not let that slide. So he got her feeling some type of way, and she was down bad for all those W's. She ate and left crumbs for Adam and told him to try some. He saw his crush watching and said bet with Riz, but bro was playing with his life. When they took the L, it altered their brain chemistry and they cried in rich kid. But God caught them in 4K and said, bruh, they really took the L and thought we wouldn't notice? Don't worry, I got you fam, we'll come in clutch. The woman will have a son who will solo the op vops and crush it. Now I'm not really sure what all that means as far as the op of ops and, you know, gatekeeping the L's and the W's and, you know, some mm-hmm. of the other stuff that's going on. I know there's like other, you know, they call them the, you know, the head G or something like that. So there's this all kind of this slang that they're putting this into. And apparently it's all the rage. Um, like the women at the well, apparently they use the, the phrase cuffing season, which is like a slang from some song that talks about an opportunity where single people, um, I guess get together or whatever. So there's all this stuff. Um, and it, you know, uses words like pog and bruh and, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But so now you have this. And so again, there's another debate. Is this something that's reaching out to a potential population of people that understand this language? Are you bastardizing the Bible and the gospel message for this? Does it even make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, so when mm-hmm. you hear that, and I know it's the first time you've heard it, and it was a little bit difficult sure. with the editing and the stuff with the, the way they put these videos together and the low voice. Just what was your opinion right. of something like that when you hear the Adam and Eve story and you hear that type of messaging when it comes to Adam and Eve? Yeah, I, I think it raises, um, you know, a number of, of, of issues and, and, and problems, Son. Um, you know, it's one thing if they are, you know, wanting to just have a little story that helps somebody to understand what the Bible is saying. But are, are they kind of playing it off almost like, and then, oh, by the way, I should ask, do they have a, a written version of it or, or is it just the audio? 
No, I, I think that these are videos that are made from a printed Gen Z Bible mm-hmm. that somebody put together that is being sold mm-hmm. on social media. I don't know if it's been published by, you know, Moody Bible or something like that, but I know it's available, yeah. I believe, through social media. And so I do believe there's a print version, but all I've seen is the produced audio versions that they um, have created. Well, you know, you know what, what I wish they would do, Son, is call it something like just, um, you know, you know, some, some modern day stories uh, that, you know, can illustrate what, what, what the Bible teaches. I mean, I really wish that they would have the word of God as, you know, as, as part of what they're presenting there. I mean, that, that certainly is, is you know, I, I mean, I hand out materials all the time to people. I mean, even just this week, a lot of, a lot of people, you know, I, I give the, uh, the, our daily bread, uh, devotionals to, uh, over, over at the park. Uh, and, you know, they contain different Bible verses and a lot of inspirational reading, but like just from what you just, you know, shared with me, um, personally, if I had access to that audio or written and I'm talking to a Gen Z person personally, I would never hand that out as, as a resource because I wouldn't want to confuse people about, you know, what, I mean, there's so much power in the word of God. I would rather have somebody meditate upon one or two or three verses that, um, you know, are actually what the Bible says, then, then maybe using the word Bible along with something like that, that tells some stories with modern slang. I mean, again, you know, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't say that, you know, I know that God's not working or going to work through what they're doing, but, um, you know, when, when you mentioned that, you know, they're, they're calling it a Gen Z Bible. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not comfortable with, with that because of how much liberty they take with the text. Um, and, and, um, like you said, you know, trying to make it sound cool. Um, the Holy Spirit doesn't need it to sound cool to connect to people. Now, now, you know, if, if they want to produce some creative stories and some creative audio or video, I'm guessing it's probably just audio and, and written, um, you know, that, that, that's one thing, but, but to, you know, to essentially refer to it as a Bible, as the Bible. Um, and then that takes so much liberty with the words and, uh, to use all that slang. I mean, I, I, I'm all for putting the message in the language of the people, but, but I, I just, it just sounds to me like, you know, they're, 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 they're changing, um, they're, they're changing it to just fit modern slang and i don't know i mean i'd have to really give it some more thought but like i say my my first impression i mean i i can't imagine ever myself giving that out to somebody um and say hey hey here here's another version of the bible that you might really be able to relate to Uh, i mean personally i would i would never feel comfortable doing that i guess it's a um a book that has 50 gospel stories translated into gen z and so um, it's not, I guess, a Bible that they've written, but I guess some stories that they put together. Um, another little expert okay. Okay. was when Gabriel visited Mary. Uh, it says, uh, Mary was a pick-me girl for God and was simping for him in prayer when the angel Gabriel pulled up and said, Ayo, God's feeling you. <laughs> and so oh my. it goes through all yeah. this stuff. I mean, so here's the point, okay? The point is this. 
Jesus died on the cross. Okay. Right. He shed his blood. He suffered to save us mm-hmm. from our sins. He took on the sins of the world. He who knew no sin took on the sins of the world for us. Okay. Yeah. He had a very, very distinct purpose in coming here. Now with mm-hmm. that, there are some very distinct people that were a part of that. Mary being one of them. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when you take away this respect, this reverence, this what really happened, and you mm-hmm. put it into this comic book modern day, hey, let's, you know, make it cool and hip and whatever. Right. You right. take away the full meaning right. of what God actually did. Okay. I mean, could you imagine? It's like, I mean, it's like we've completely forgotten veterans. You know, you have Pride Month, you have Black History Month. Fine, you can celebrate mm-hmm. those, but then you have right. a Veterans Day, a uh, Memorial Day, yeah. you know, and so we completely dismiss veterans, and yeah, we don't realize that without the veterans fighting for our freedoms, we could not have the Pride Months and the Black History Months and all the freedoms we have today. Without, right. without Jesus dying on the cross, we cannot have the mm-hmm. spiritual freedoms that we have today. We would be bound to eternal damnation without that right. sacrifice, okay, that ultimate yeah. sacrifice that was paid. And yet, you know, would we sit there and would we want to be, you know, disparaging veterans? I know there's people that do, but is there going to be people that are going to stand up for that and defend veterans? Of course, we see it all the time. We see people making a stand for veterans and for other people, if you want to call them marginalized these days or whatever, people take a stand, right? But yet when things like this come up and you start to now kind of take away that powerful message of salvation and that sacrifice that Jesus made and the things and the people that were surrounding Jesus and that were instrumental in getting us where we are today, you know, we take away their, what they are, their meanings of their life and what they did and what they went through when you kind of, you know, make it this cartoon Saturday morning, Sunday schoolish type thing that really doesn't even spread the gospel message because you're sitting there and you're just basically telling some story with some cool hip words that apparently, you know, people know about today. And so to me, when you see these things, what you're missing out is, first of all, you're demeaning what actually happened. Two, you're saying that God's word doesn't stand the test of time and that we need to change it. And then three, you're completely, especially when it comes to things like he gets us, you're completely missing the message that by saying it's okay to live this lifestyle, you're possibly setting these people up for an eternity of hell and damnation because they think because you said their lifestyle is okay, I can't change, I don't need to change, God's okay and approves my lifestyle, so therefore I'm going to be okay. And then the ultimate awakening is like, oops, I guess we were all wrong. And because of you, now I have to... Um, you know, deal with this. And again, we don't want to put it on other people because we're responsible for our own selves. However, I think there is a big responsibility when pastors and preachers and people in authority, or at least are viewed in authority, say what you're doing is okay. Then I think that's where the big problem comes in because I think those teachers and those preachers and pastors are going to be held accountable for it just like the person that is living that lifestyle that thought it was okay because this person told them it was okay. And so when you do all this stuff, whether it's the Gen Z gospel, whether it's the he gets us, if you're not completely bringing that next step, you need Jesus. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. 
this is what's going to happen for all eternity. You will be judged and condemned yeah. for all eternity. If you miss that mark, yeah. then I think there's an irresponsibility right. on the part of yeah. the people bringing whatever the message is that they're trying to bring. I think that's very well said, Son. Uh, and, and if I were to summarize it, I would, I would say that, um, you know, when you water down the message, when you try to be, you know, hip and cool and appeal to the world, um, you, you, you run the risk of, you know, keeping the things out of the message that are offensive to natural man. For example, it is very offensive to natural man to say, not only uh, is Jesus your only way to get to heaven, which is true, but he's also the only way for anyone to get to heaven. That message is despised by natural man because natural man does not believe that, that uh, first of all, that, that you know anybody hardly is going to hell, maybe Hitler, maybe a few people, uh, but natural man does not grasp the significance uh, of, of, of hell and, and, and eternity. And natural man does not uh, buy into the idea that there's only one narrow road at which Jesus taught about, you know, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Um, now, son, if you watch the, the He Gets Us commercial or you, you listen to those Gen Z Bible stories, which, by the way, I'm glad to hear that maybe they're being advertised as Bible stories and not, you know, a Bible, uh, you know, but even still, I, I, you know, I would, I would not use them myself. Um, you know, um, when, when, when you hear that, um, you, you, you get the sense that they're leaving out the offensive parts um, and they're leaving out the parts that are critical to know if you really want to, you know, serve someone and, and have them experience God's love, it has to be more than them feeling good and warm and fuzzy about an ad where it looked like, oh, you know, Jesus gets us and he loves us. Great. Um, because, you know, for some people, son, they're going to come away from that. And it's just going to reinforce to them that, yeah, I know not everybody gets what I do. And, and you know, the Bible may call it sinful, but Jesus understands. He gets me. You know, he created me this way. You know, otherwise I wouldn't want to be doing these things. Um, I mean, that's, that's what they tell themselves. But, of course, we know that's not true. Um, Jesus never creates anyone, um, uh, you know, with, with, uh, with sin uh, and to commit sin. That comes from our sinful nature. And we don't understand, Son, why a small percentage of people experience same-sex attraction, for example. Um, but um, you know what? Uh, that sin, like adultery and fornication, is clearly identified in scripture but boy the world today does not want to hear that that's not part of the world's narrative that's not part of uh you know what the world thinks and and so that's where as you say and as you and i have been discussing today he gets this ad and then here this, this gen z approach uh with these stories um boy if they're not careful they're they're they're, they're going to bring a, a general message of love I mean, you know, son, you know, for example, you, you see many times on a car bumper sticker, love, not hate. Okay. And, and what some people got out of the, he gets us ad is, yeah, you know, I, I kind of thought Christians just hated homosexuals and hated, you know, people that weren't like them and, and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so that's the danger when you don't bring it, you know, and that's what you were talking about. You know, when, when you don't, Bring the full message of repentance and faith in Christ. You know, and it's not to ever single out a particular sin. 
Um, you know, Jesus wasn't singling out the woman caught in adultery. It was the religious leaders who had singled her out. Um, but it showed Christ's compassion, you know, for her and for sinners like us. And we're all guilty. Um, we are all sinful. Uh, no one's sin is worse than ours. Um, but, but we cannot water it down. Because if we do, and you, you've said it very well today, Son, on the podcast, if we do, um, then we are not helping someone realize what they'll need to do to avoid eternal suffering in hell. And, and they need to repent. They need to turn. Jesus made it very clear. The Bible makes it very clear. In fact, in Luke uh, uh, 13, Jesus said, but unless you repent, you too will all perish. So that's the message. And that's where I think that he gets us at. Um, is, 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 it can't even hold a candle to that uh, ad that the pastor in the UK did because that ad addresses how Christ changes us. He forgives us. Um, he doesn't coddle our sin. He doesn't encourage us to remain in sin. He changes us. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, accept us to stay the way we are. And that's what the world wants. They, they want to have the, their cake and eat it too. You know, I, I want to, I want a savior who will love me and forgive me and who really won't, you know, ask too much of me. And certainly if it's something that I'm, I'm not willing to, to stop doing, then you know, he'll just kind of leave that alone. He'll wash my feet and I'll do my thing and we'll be one happy family. But no, I mean, Jesus never, ever puts himself into a position where, oh yeah, I'll be second fiddle. No, he's the king of kings. He is the son of God. Um, he is the second person of the Trinity. And you're invited to surrender your life to him, to bow down before him, to repent and believe and receive the free gift of eternal life. But if you don't want to do that or refuse to do that, then as San said earlier in, in the podcast today, um, then it won't, it won't go well for you on judgment day. So um, I hope today, my friend, if, if, if you're not yet sure that heaven is your home, or if you're not sure whether you've repented, then just turn to the Lord today and, and confess your sin to him, give your heart to him, ask him to forgive you. He'll gladly do so. Uh, but then be prepared to follow him even when the world uh, might be celebrating other ways of living, um, be prepared to do whatever he wants you to do with your body, with your thoughts, with your life. That's, that's part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. Uh, yeah, we're not perfect, of course. But, but we, you know, it's not like when a person gets married, if they're sincere, and most people I think are when they get married, um, you're, you're, you're committing to honestly love, in this case, the Lord. And, and in this case, to serve the Lord and follow the Lord and, and for him to be the king and, and the leader of your life and, and the savior. So it's a wonderful thing to know Christ. And um, yes, yeah, and I think these modern day examples are very useful for us to talk about and to kind of flesh out what does the Bible say about what it means to be converted, what it means to know Christ, what it means to be born again. You know, Dan, when it says he gets us. I think there needs to be an extension of that. He gets us, but do we get him? And I think that That's would it. be a better understanding because, yeah, he does get us, but are yeah. we really understanding and getting what he did because mm -hmm. sometimes we might fall a little short of really understanding what he did for us, and maybe that's the reflection that we need to be having. I think that's excellent, Son. I completely agree. Yeah, he gets us, but do we get him? Dan Dozell with us as we talk about the issues that come across the intersection of faith and pop culture. And 
gives us food for thought, Dan, as we see some of these things, you know, there's, there's probably good intention, you know, behind a lot of what some people do, but it's also, you know, requires, I guess, possibly some scrutiny because um, that's what we're called to do. Check everything against the Bible. And then today's society, when people are trying to change the Bible to fit their lifestyles, when in reality, we should be changing our lifestyles to fit the Bible. And so we appreciate your time and uh, your thoughts and your sharing with us your insights onto the topics that we discuss here on the program. Um, if you'd like to um, reach out to us, if you have questions, comments you know, about this topic or about anything else, you can go ahead and you can uh, email us, sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. That's sanctifiedreasonpodcast at gmail.com. And we can uh, definitely get back to you um, with comments uh, about your questions, suggestions, whatever it might be. If you go to our website, RadioWarp.com, that's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com, you can click on the show logo and all of our past shows come up there so you can listen to other shows. We're also pretty much on any platform where you might listen to podcasts, so you can just do an internet search of Sanctified Reason Podcast and we pop up. And um, again, Dan, we just appreciate your uh, time. Well, we're also on Instagram. We have, do have an Instagram account, Sanctified Reason Podcast. Um, and you can go there and you can listen to shows as well. So, Dan, we appreciate your time. We look forward to many more conversations and uh, just kind of see where God takes us here in 2024. Well, absolutely, Son. I sure uh, have enjoyed this as always, and I too look forward to those uh, many conversations that we'll have in the future, and uh, we'll try to tackle, I know, a lot more relevant issues uh, just like today's issue. And and so thank you, and uh, um, we'll look forward to next time. And for those of you listening, hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.